1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6
0: on 630
2: Chad.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, Blair and others texting in Enoch, the name that uh, both counselor and I were uh, struggling for at the end of the interview. That's okay. We made it through. Inside sports on six thirty, Jed. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is coming up on eight oh six. Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window. City uh, City Councilor Brian Anderson joined us for the last hour. Love uh, having him in studio. Just the way you can tell he's a former teacher. Just the way he explains the uh, the concepts, the process, uh, the the thinking that goes into Roger's place. And I and I think that's what I got out of that that interview too. Is that um you know the city councilors like Brian Anderson and others i mean they they do care they do know their jobs they're they're busy people and you may not agree with sometimes the decisions they make but they're doing a lot of research and and as you saw with councilor Anderson he did a lot of thinking and a lot of learning and a lot of considering when it came to Roger's place the ribbon cutting tomorrow that big public open house coming up on Saturday. Hey, pleased to be joined now by the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Oilers here on 630 Shed in the Oilers Radio Network. It is the one and only Jack Michaels. Jack, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm fantastic, Reid. I'm uh, getting ready to hop on a plane and meet you down in Penticton. Uh, we finally reached that time. It's- it seems like uh, in an even longer offseason than normal with the uh, with the extended break. But uh, mid-September works. no Eskimos conflict, so we're ready for a full weekend of coverage in Penticton.
1: Yeah, usually this is the the weekend when the Penticton tournament would have been, but pushed back this year because of uh, the the World Cup getting going. So uh, we'll be there next weekend. It is it is a busy night for a lot of sports fans, including you, Jack. So I appreciate you fitting me in. I don't know if we're between your fans. Fantasy football drafts or you have one coming up at the bottom of the hour but, but
0: yeah so. I, I i suppose as much grease as i give you for playing those intra-personal baseball leagues i've got to uh i've got to announce a nerd alert myself because i've got a fantasy football draft uh that i'm working on right now so hopefully the attention i'm giving you doesn't divert with from what i hope is a great season for the cow crushers the, the
1: do you consider yourself an astute fantasy football manager or are you more of a participant ribbon type of guy by the end of the season?
0: <laughs> well, unfortunately, as I've gotten older and and taken on you know more actual adult responsibilities, my attention to fantasy football has wavered a little bit. So I vowed this season to ignore my family a little bit more and uh, bounce back into standings.
1: So. <laughs> That's what it's all about, football over family, right?
0: Exactly. Well, fantasy football football yes, for family. even worse than that <laughs> wendy
1: I, I think the first fantasy football league i did i want to say was was one of the early yahoo leagues back in 1999 that's my first memory of actually setting stuff up, up online and talking with other guys like okay how are we going to do this like should we change the the scoring rules so yeah it's it's been, it's been all right i think that was the first time i jumped in though would have been 99
0: I've got one league uh, with all my buddies from back home in Pennsylvania, you know, back where I grew up. This is the 21st year we've been together in a league. And then I've got another league with my college buddies and some buddies that I picked up along the way from stops in Colorado and Alaska. And that league is now entering its 16th year. So I've got uh, a combined 37 years of uh, social, you know, basically lack of social skills and misconduct. Really, when you play <laughs> fantasy football, it's the equivalent to watching a ton of wrestling when you're 12, 13, 14 years old. You're just guaranteed not to succeed in anything socially. And if you look at my 7th, 8th, and ninth grade dating record, you'll see a direct inverse proportion to my wrestling interests. I, I no dates. No, right, right. But what,
1: when did the wrestling interest fade away? Cuz we have some guys here at 630 chat who are still pretty hardcore into it.
0: I was out of it really as grade 8 came to an end, I was I was done with it. So I, you know, I that puts me uh, you know right around maybe 1989 or something like that. That was that was the end for me. And it was it was a relatively short stay for me. Probably grade 5 through grade 8. But uh, I actually found myself, it's interesting, I was talking with my wife a little bit, and we were out at a local establishment, and one of the channels, you know, we were watching the US Open, but one of the channels had, you know, whatever wrestling's called now, on, and she was like i can't understand what you ever saw in this and i actually found myself justifying it saying things like well they actually were more athletic than they jump you know they jumped off ropes and stuff now it's more of a ground and i actually heard myself saying this. you know a 40 year old guy justifying his interest in wrestling 30 years ago, and and of course the, the ready-made answer is there is no justification for watching wrestling, yet we all do it at some point in our lives it's just something we should never be proud of
1: Well, Jack, I just want to say I'm glad the romance hasn't gone out of your marriage
0: Yeah, I mean I, 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 it was a new low point for me in my marriage, me justifying no, no, the wrestlers, I swear to God they were better back then, like I was actually saying those words and listening to myself and thinking, holy cow, I have truly lost it.
1: Uh, <laughs> Jack Michaels joining us <laughs> on Inside Sports. I'm going to throw a fantasy question at you, uh, a hockey draft question. And the reason I ask this is because, as you know, Jack, I used to work in Lloydminster, and uh, my, old, my old boss and the uh, – well, he's now the program director, but, uh, but he was the morning show host when I was there. there they do a, a Tuesday night sports show, so I went on with them last night. And uh, out of the blue, they said, if you had the first pick in an NHL draft this year, uh, who would you take? And I actually played the, the Homer card and said, Connor McDavid, just because I don't know what his ceiling is. And I know if he plays over 75 games, he should at least be in the top five uh, in scoring. What, what would you, Say you wound up with the first pick in a hockey draft this year. Do you know where you'd go?
0: Oh, boy, that is a real good question. Because, I mean, I don't want to play the Homer card either. But if you're not going, um, I mean, he's certainly in my top five. I I would say right off the top of my head, without giving it a ton of thought, I would say Crosby, Kane, Ben, Sagan, McDavid. And I I don't know where to put McDavid in that mix. But I have a hunch if Lucic and Everly stay healthy, and that line gels as I feel like it might. Uh it's certainly not a stretch to draft McDavid as high as three or maybe two. And and one one certainly it one's a bit of a risk, but it's it's certainly not out of the ballpark, that's for sure. I mean I I feel like if if that line stays healthy and gels like I think it is, then McDavid is a for sure top three pick. I the thing I like about and, you know, Dallas is just so at-tempo. And for fantasy purposes, Dallas is going to constantly need to score. I think Edmonton's um, Todd McCollum's a little bit more of a batting down the hatches. And I can't believe I'm saying this when I describe, of course, a team coached by Lindy Russ. But Dallas is so run and gun and so often, you know, constantly needs another goal. Their goal pending is so shaky. It seems like they've got to score five or six, and they're capable of it. That's why I just love Ben and Sagan as fantasy players
1: yeah yeah it's that's a, that's a good call that i i mean and i made the point to these guys too if it's a keeper league then I think McDavid's the no brainer the no brainer, oh, the no brainer yeah, pick but if it's a one absolutely. shot one year then yeah it's it's a it's a fun debate for people for sure. So Well, uh, and
0: Ben and Sagan have the additional advantage Reed of now playing together for a couple years now. And and you know McDavid's going to have to a- adjust to some new personnel around them. So that's that's the other, you know, argument for Ben and Sagan maybe just having a slight edge cuz you know, assuming those two stay on the line and stay healthy, there's no reason why both of them shouldn't end up with 90 to 95 points.
1: Yeah. Uh, big weekend. I mean, we got the ribbon-cutting for Rogers Place tomorrow, uh, around 55,000 tickets claimed for that open house on Saturday for uh, Rogers Place. Jack, uh, you and I have been in there. Well, we were both at the event, uh, the skate Last uh, Thursday. So, have you had a chance? I think people will be interested. Have you have you have you had a chance to check out your sight lines, your spot for Colin games
0: yet? Yeah, I've been in some of the nooks and crannies after it too. There was a the subsequent event read that I went to where I got a chance to look at the suites and the theater boxes and. And some of the little touches that they've that they've added to this place uh, to make it a bit unique. I mean, they've stolen a few things from some other arenas. Uh, there's there's a bit of a look on the on the one end of, of an arena that's of course no longer in the National Hockey League, Phillips Arena in Atlanta. I mean, there's what's most impressive though, Reed, and I think you and I were commenting on it. Well, no, because you didn't get to go up. But I was sitting there uh, with a friend of ours, Tom Gazzola, and the thing you see is the cheapest seat in the house is actually pretty close to the ice sheet. And that's... I think it to be the most reassuring thing for all the thousands of people that are going to attend this open house is they're going to find out that even, you know, a quote-unquote nosebleed seat is an excellent view. And that's something it really shares in common with Rexall is people think, well, bigger, newer arena, I'm going to be further away if I'm in, if I'm in the last row. And actually, you're not. And that's why I think the people they are going to be paying to come to these games and the corporate investors that have made the commitment to the uh, – that's what they're going to really feel coming out of this whole open house sequence is how close they are to the actual ice surface and what a good job the Oilers have done in, in terms of building this Rogers place and maintaining a certain pitch because you don't want a giant soup bowl because that puts you further from the action. I know when I go to games – I like to sit in the stands. I'm never a guy who sits in suites, even if I'm offered. I usually like to get in the mix a little bit and and mingle with the crowd. And you want to be as close to the ice sheet as you can. And I think that's that's really the thing that sticks out. And and you and I were looking around that lower bowl. I mean, you got ninety what about ninety six, ninety seven hundred seats are in the lower bowl. So uh, the sight lines and and the proximity of where you are to the ice is really appealing to me considering some of the new buildings that have gone up Pittsburgh, Jersey, Minnesota immediately come to mind where the pitch isn't as steep and you find yourself pretty far out if you're up in the cheap seats. So that's, that's one thing I think people are really going to enjoy. It's not completely steep like Montreal where you feel like you might fall out of your seat, but it's, it's enough of a pitch where you really feel close to the action. And for me, as a fan, first and foremost, I think that's going to be the real appeal of this new facility.
1: Well, it's going to be great. A lot of fun for people getting in there this weekend. Jack, i, I got to let you uh, log on here for your all-important fantasy draft. Just a word of advice. Marshall Falk is retired. Don't touch him, Okay.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, I'll keep that in mind, Reed. Don't, don't quit your day job with advice like that, bud.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have a career ahead of me as a, a, a fantasy football guru, that's for sure. Thanks a lot, Jack. Jack Michaels checking in tonight. Always fun to have him on the show. Man, how, did he seriously tell a story about recently going on a date with his wife and he w- wound up talking about why he liked wrestling as a teenager? Man, did he... He's a romantic man, that Jack Michaels. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Inside sports on six thirty, Chad. You can text 630-630. The phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I just put a Twitter on my uh, uh, Twitter. I just put a poll on my Twitter account along the lines of what Jack and I were talking about. Uh, if you had the first pick in a non keeper league hockey draft. So just a one-shot draft for this season. Who do you take? There was only room for four choices. So I put Crosby, Kane, Ben, and McDavid. Now this is Edmonton, so I fully expected McDavid to be the number one choice. I was wondering by how much. He's at 67 uh, percent. Crosby at 15, Kane 11, and Ben just at seven. You can vote for another 15 minutes. It's on my Twitter account at Reed Wilkins. I, I I think I would take McDavid just because I think his high end. I, I don't really know what it is, but it. it Potentially, it could be pretty high, and you get a big payoff. It's eight nineteen inside sports on six thirty. Chet, you will hear from one of the newest. Well, not from one of, from the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos. When we get back,
2: you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader six thirty. Chet. One thing I said that I would never.
1: Okay, good to have you along for the ride tonight. Carey Price going to be Canada's goaltender. World Cup tune-up game Friday against the United States in Columbus. Joe Pavelski named the captain for Team USA today. If you're uh, into this kind of stuff, Team North America will have the Canadian and American anthems played before their games. Team Europe will not have an anthem. Uh, This, of course, in in the middle of the uh, Colin Kaepernick stuff going on in the NFL. He doesn't stand for the American national anthem. Uh, And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell says he doesn't agree with the protest, but he says Kaepernick has a right to protest.
0: NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell suggests he doesn't care for Colin Kaepernick's refusal to stand for the national anthem before San Francisco 49ers games. But he adds the quarterback is within his rights to kneel. I support our players when they want to see change in society, Goodell tells the Association press. On the other hand, he adds, we believe very strongly in patriotism in the NFL. Noting that pro football players are very visible, Goodell says they have to choose respectful ways of expressing their views. Kaepernick's been kneeling through the anthem as a protest against police violence. Warren Levinson, New York.
1: All right, so that's uh, certainly an interesting story, which I'm sure will continue to rage. I have not talked about it a lot on this show. I don't know if you were working the night, the other night, Matthew. Somebody texted in and said, please don't talk about Colin Kaepernick, and I hadn't been talking about it. It was just an individual who was uh, sick of hearing it. Tiger Woods announcing plans to possibly return to the PGA Tour this year. It's
0: been over a year since Tiger Woods played in a competitive tournament, but the former World number 1 says he hopes to play next month in the PGA Safeway Open in Napa, California. The winner of 14 major tournaments has been recovering from back surgery and missed all four majors this year for the first time in his pro career. Woods made the announcement on his website saying his rehabilitation has gotten to the point where he can start making plans. Woods says he hopes to have his game ready for the Safeway, which opens on October 13th. This is Jack Briggs. All right, so
1: uh, there we go. We'll watch for that. The Safeway Open. October 13th, Napa, California. Hey, we had Ryan Smith on the show last night, former Edmonton Oiler, now a member of the Spruce Grove Saints ownership group. Last season, uh, Ryan also made news. He played a few games for the Stony Plain Eagles in the Chinook League. I asked him if he was going back
0: to the Eagles this season. I have not made a decision there yet. Um, I uh, I have an invitation there. Um, obviously, my partner keeps pushing for me, so um- No I haven't made a decision. Obviously I've had a few other uh, fire, uh, irons in the fire right now with, uh, uh, with uh, other talks with other uh, teams so it's it's um, you know it's a time commitment for sure. Uh, very very small minimal compared to an NHL thing but uh, at the end of the day love the game, have the passion for the game and I love being on the ice and uh, I can't wait till, the
1: Heritage Classic too. Yeah, Ryan Smith will be playing uh, in the alumni game for the Heritage Classic in Winnipeg in October. Eskimo's back at practice today, and it looks like the new guy will play on Saturday against the Calgary Stampeders. He's defensive lineman Philip Hunt.
2: Great to be back in Canada, man. This is a place where I started my career off with a bang, and I'm happy to be back. Is there a lot of adjustment, uh, Philip, to you know, back to the Canadian game you've been in the American game for, for so long? I'm sure come Saturday that, you know, the one yard off the ball deal will be, you know, uh, kind of something I have to adjust to but i mean football is football canadian football american football you all have to strap it up uh play fast and physical and uh come out and win the game coming in to the uh, right time of the season when you know teams trying to push for that playoff spot no doubt like i say uh this team was already put together well and uh i'm just another guy adding to the puzzle i'm i'm ready to come here and do whatever i can to Get us back to where we were last year.
0: Not, not a lot of guys who, who try and go down south after making a name for themselves up here get to do it for as long as, as you did. I mean, um, you just seem to make the most of of your opportunities.
2: Oh uh, well, yeah. You know, it's all about working hard. When you like the, um, you, you like the guy that nobody counts on you the underdog so to say and uh, it's all about working hard and having a good work ethic that's gonna take you through so my, my work ethic uh, since I left here and when I was here it's, it's been great and that's what carried me through.
0: What, what made Edmonton attractive? What made this a, a good option for you?
2: Uh, like I say they have a great team already the core is already here with Mike Riley and you know the offense that that they they have over on that side and then on the defensive side of the ball you know my boy Odell Willis man what's not to like and also the D line coach Crehan the D line coach and the whole D line you know uh, Armando and the rest of the guys, they do a great job of applying pressure.
1: Well, the Eskimos need help getting pressure. Phillip Hunt, if he's on his game, can do it. He spent the last several seasons in the National Football League. He uh, did have an ACL injury that he had to get over a couple of years ago. When he was with the Blue Bombers, he was excellent. He played 25 games in 9 and 10 combined and he had 18 quarterback sacks. Uh, I mean, this is a team that uh, has not done a good job stopping the pass. Secondary hasn't been able to cover well enough and they haven't been able to pressure the quarterback enough if they're going to somehow knock off Calgary those things will have to happen on Saturday night okay the Blue Jays lose 2-0 to the Yankees tonight the Red Sox lead the Padres 3-2 in the fourth that's your scoreboard courtesy of Crystal Glass for all your glass needs call crystalglass.ca well this is going to be fun coming up we're going to reconnect with uh, local driver Stefan Rodzinski, who's having an excellent season he'll update us on that He's, he's missing a fantasy football draft. Speaking of that with Jack Michaels, he's missing a fantasy football draft to come on Inside Sports. Inside Sports, everybody. The only show that will ruin your social life. So keep listening.
2: To 6:30, Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right. Oh, this is a good song.
1: That's one of the best guitar intros in history. This song actually came up before I was born. I think, or maybe I was really little. I don't know.
0: Uh, I think Reed, one of the best intro songs of all time, is "Jump" by Van Halen.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good too. Well, I like. I I prefer "Panama." to be honest with you uh reed wilkins uh with you a much uh, younger man who knows more about popular music is on the other side of the desk here uh race car driver is this is that your the proper title race car driver that sounds almost take it. Yeah. yeah 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 that's a pretty good time Stefan radzinski <laughs> is in st- uh, studio uh we've we've talked before uh, I, I love having you in so thanks for coming in one republic is playing the great cup halftime show are they popular with people your age is that what the kids are listening to
3: Honestly, I thought they were a big thing like five or six years ago. Oh, they're
1: already <laughs> past their prime. I, uh, I,
3: I mean, that's as far as I know. Maybe I'm out of it. Maybe they are popular now, but maybe I'm just not paying attention to that music. So what do that. you listen to? Uh, a bunch of really random stuff. Right now, I was listening to some album by Banks and Steels, which is a cross between some guy from the Wu-Tang Clan and oh, wow. Inter- Interpol, which was really random, but I found that interesting. Oh, good stuff. Uh, all sorts of random stuff. Uh, do you listen to vinyl? vinyl no i i don't really have a vinyl player but yeah, uh, I, don't vinyl don't play have,
1: I, I have a, a buddy that does and I, I think it'd be a cool thing to have one day i don't understand it people my age don't understand it cuz we had tapes which now like suck when you look back on it and then when we got CDs and we were like this is great we can just listen to whatever song whenever we want we just jump around yeah. and now it's... vinyl it's like who wants to get up and change the record I don't change know. the side
3: uh, maybe it's uh, the music <laughs> quality thing or whatever a little <laughs> You know, it's the cool thing to do, I think.
1: Uh, Stefan, thanks for coming in. Uh, you're uh, in between uh, races. Okay, so I'll give people the quick update. You're racing for the second uh, season in a row on the uh, Nissan Micro Cup. Well, oh, that's what it's called. I was going to say Series. It's yeah, the it's Nissan a Series. Yeah, a it's a cup. Series. Uh, so what, you've won the
3: last two races? Yeah, I've won in, I've won in the last two weekends. So basically the okay. Nissan Micro Cup. Uh, I'm driving for the Touche Group in the tireline car. But uh, So I've been doing that for two years. And each race weekend, there's two races, so a Saturday and Sunday race. Um, so at Trois de Vier, which was a, a really big race, probably the biggest race of the year. I had a win on the Saturday, um, which was a few weeks ago. And then this past weekend, I went at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, um, which is a place that is really kind of dear to my heart. It was a place I did a lot of racing when I was 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. just getting into race cars. I had a win there on Sunday, so that was uh, really relieving. We had a bit of an up and down year, so it's nice that the last few weekends things start to click because I was probably getting a little bit frustrated.
1: All right, so you're you're third in the overall standings. You you finished third last year. Yeah, and you. Sorry, is there one more weekend left still? How many or what's left? Yeah,
3: so there's one more race weekend left. It's at the uh, end of September, September 25th weekend. It's at uh, Circuit Mont Tremblant. Which is another legendary Canadian circuit. That used to be Formula One and Champ Car and IndyCar the, back in the day. Um, and now it's just a beautiful, mostly private facility. Um, but we're lucky we get to race in the Micro Cup. So honestly, nice. I'm, I'm pretty spoiled to, to go race there.
1: Right, are we talking uh, ovals, road, to, uh, track? What are, what are
3: we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about road courses. So, okay, so turning left and right. Um, <laughs> that's kind of was always my bread right? and butter. but. You know, I've done the NASCAR stuff as well, and I I love that. Um, it's just a different. It is a different sport, honestly. Um, but definitely the road road racing and and kind of going along the lines of maybe just some sports car driving right now is is where maybe I'm aiming at at going. But I'm also having a blast in the the Nissan Micro Cup. I honestly think it's. Probably the most exciting race series in Canada right now. I'll say it. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the most exciting and and maybe um, some of the toughest places to win. One of the toughest places to
1: win in Canada right now. But it's only out east, which isn't good for us here to to, to watch a first hand. It's
3: it's not. It's not. Unfortunately, but uh, you know, maybe one day something will work out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I think just the the road racing culture here is still maybe a little bit more grassroots. Obviously, the Micro Cup is grassroots series as well, but they're just spoiled in terms of having events like the Toronto Indy um, tracks like Canadian Tire Motorsports Park and Circuit Mont Tremblant, mm-hmm. There's a lot more racing culture, I guess, out there. Even even just at the basic level of just having somewhere to race. That's the toughest part. I think if we had five or six tracks in Western Canada, we'd see a lot more drivers and we'd see a lot more racing series here. We just don't have it.
1: Alright, what are we talking about uh, speed-wise? You know, the Nissan Micra is, I think, it might be the cheapest
3: MSRP car on the market, but we get up to 170 kilometers an hour on the back nice. show at Monsport. Okay, nice. So um, it's actually pretty impressive, pretty impressive, because it's it's just a, essentially a stock race car, mm-hmm. or a stock car with safety modifications that make it fit for racing. Other than that, it's the same. Like, there's no... Turbos or, like, special modifications. And every car that we race is identical. So my car and everyone else's car in the series is exactly the same, which makes racing really, really, really close. And, And when cars have, you know, some of the lower horsepower, they tend to bring races even closer. So essentially every micro race, there's probably... Five or seven cars that have a shot to win until the final corner.
1: So, it's, so it's a great test of of your driving because like, I know that's why sometimes people say uh, about Formula One. Yeah. Well, they like it, but Company better. A spends twice as much on their car yeah. as Company B, so it's yeah. it's better. It yeah. doesn't break down as much. And it handles everything better. So. Right.
3: It's so. different, yeah. I love Formula 1 for what it is, but could it be better? A lot better? Yeah, and I think there's a lot better racing out there in terms of pure racing. Mm-hmm. Um, F1 is, is a, on a different planet, but it's definitely more in terms of teams. Uh, you know, The guys who are racing in last place in the, in the bottom teams in Formula 1, the only reason they're not competing against Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg to beat Mercedes is because their team is spending only eighty million dollars a year, where right. Mercedes is spending four hundred million dollars a year right. to be competitive. So, so, so yeah. Um, yeah, just guess which out. product is yeah. going to be a little Those poor guys better. spending eighty million
1: dollars to go racing. You know, <laughs> can't can't keep up. <laughs> well, that's uh, and I mean not to suggest that it doesn't have a following in Canada, but worldwide Formula One's quite quite popular and. Um, I mean, often if you look at the list of highest paid athletes, usually there's a formula one guy or two in the, in the top 10, depending on, I mean, Schumacher was always up there during his peak and all. And right now
3: I think Lewis Hamilton's up there and and there's a few guys up there. So clearly, I mean, yeah, it's a great place to make a living if you can make to that (laughs) top elite few. Um, is it the best most pure racing no definitely not but it's it's a it's a cool thing it's a, I've never loved Formula One since I was born so yeah uh, you know I can't I can't talk too much smack about it
1: uh, how do you think you're better as a driver now through almost two complete seasons with the Nissan micro cup I think more than anything it just shows
3: you uh, you just can't take a session off like mentally it's it's really you you have to be on it uh, it's so tough now and and the level this year has stepped up quite a bit, I would say from last year um in terms of that you can 't just go out and be you know have a so so session if you 're not hundred percent on it with your your driving and maybe your setup you're not going to be up front and and as drivers we're naturally very competitive um it's frustrating to not be at the top of the timesheets and be the fastest car around the track, so nothing is such enough and and it 's actually probably brought me back a little bit to some of those formula car days you know mm-hmm. racing in the road to indy where you know you had to be 100 um like perfect to be up front and the Micro Cups, you know very much the same which is which is really cool
1: Stefan Verzinski joining us inside sports on 6:30. Uh, Chad racing in the Nissan Micra Cup, sitting uh, third this season in the standings. As he mentioned, he has a race coming up, uh, racing weekend coming up at the uh, at at the end of September. How long? When did you first get into this? I know I asked you this before, but you were really young, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I started racing since I was eight years old. Jeez. So I was
3: in go karts when I was eight years old. Uh, I think had some pretty good success there, and then when I was sixteen, moved to formula cars. Um, I make it sound, oh, yeah, it was just a natural progression, but no, it was basically since I was a young kid, all I ever wanted to do was be a race car driver. We didn't have the money to do it, but then I kind of just forced that 13, 14 years old to go out and start soliciting sponsors and try and get things going, and by 16, kind of had a few who were willing to help out, so I had a few local companies who helped out and some people out in Ontario who helped me out, and it just kind of snowballed from there, which led me from there to racing in the road to Indy when we had the ends in Indy here I was racing in some of those junior categories right. um took me to the NASCAR Canadian Tire Series which is now the NASCAR Pinty's Series and um kind of bounced around a little bit I guess but now I've kind of found a little bit of a home with uh the Touchek group and uh the Tireland team in the Nissan Micro Cup which I'm really happy to be a part of because I've, I've honestly never had such like a Positive vibe around being around a team, yeah. so it, it's really cool. Are you the, are you the only
1: Western guy in this series right now? I believe so. Yeah, yeah I know guy. The I'm
3: the only 70. guy west of Ontario.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's incredible. Well, so good for you for, for yeah. doing that. You got to stick it to those guys, you know. You got to <laughs> take it to them. Yeah, you got to take it to them. Okay. So uh, you mentioned I, I didn't I didn't know this. Uh, were you injured last season? Yeah, I was a little bit injured. I, after
3: the Montreal Grand Prix uh, came home and I was playing soccer i play soccer quite a bit you know i think this year i played three or four times a week but uh got a bit of a slide tackle took a bit of a slide tackle and broke my foot um so that took me out from doing any of that but i continued to race um okay. it was just so- it was it didn't hinder my i would say it didn't hinder my racing i was still completely capable okay it just was painful that's all which foot was it uh it was my left foot so, so you don't use that one as much. No, it was my clutch foot.
1: So your clutch foot. Okay. So while well, you use it, but I guess yeah. you're not accelerating Not as much but, pressure on it now. Okay. Uh, so that's all healed now, obviously. That's I mean, all healed, yeah, now doing that. Have, lot, have you so. ever been injured r- racing in a crash or anything like that? Uh,
3: honestly, not really. Um, I think looking back, I may have had potentially a concussion once. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Never been officially diagnosed, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things where maybe I was feeling a little bit, some of the symptoms now that, now that you read about, now it's coming the to later more, more yeah. um, it's potentially that happened once. But other than that, honestly, I've been pretty lucky, um, which I'm I'm thankful for very obviously. But uh no, I've I've been hurt way more playing soccer than I ever have been in a race car, which is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Stefan Radzinski in studio. Can you stick around to oh, the, yeah, uh, talk to I you the end yeah. of the show? Uh we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh what you're missing tonight. We'll talk of the uh, little oilers <laughs> as well. It's inside sports, on six thirty Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Thank you, Mr. Talbot. Here we go. Race car driver Stefan Rudzinski in studio. Currently sitting third in the Nissan Micra Cup. Uh, had Jack Michaels on in the last half hour of the show, so I put this question out there on Twitter. Just You can put these polls on Twitter now. It's quite amazing. If you had the first pick in a hockey draft for this season not a keeper league so it's just for one season who would you take the choices I put Steph were Crosby, Kane, Ben, and McDavid.
3: I gotta go with McDavid. You do the Homer pick. I do the, it's a Homer pick, and I always lose the league when I pick the Homer picks, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think
1: that's, I think he's the exception. <laughs> uh, he got 66% of the votes on my little poll. Crosby, 15%, Kane 13, who had the most points last season. Jamie Ben, 6. I mean, Jack mentioned, uh, he'd put Tyler Sagan yeah. in the top five. I mean, where's Tarasenko gonna be this season? I mean, yeah, it's hard to. plenty say. of guys yeah. you mm-hmm. can debate to, to, be,
3: to be fair, I was the guy who always made sure I had Alex Hemsky on my team no matter what, and uh, it never really worked out for me. But uh, <laughs> that was always my homer pick, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. But I think with McDavid, it's a, it's a, a bit of a different story. A, a bit of a phenom.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's, uh, he's, he's a he's he's a little bit different. I uh, I mean, I, I, look, I I've been saying this all summer, or really since the spring. I I, I think he's going to be the captain of the team. I can't see how you don't go in that direction. I mean, I was I was walking on Monday through Toronto and uh, Young and Dundas Square, and
3: there's just a repeating billboard, Adidas billboard of him, like, doing some workouts or something. And I'm like, that's pretty damn cool, and I don't know. He's kind of in the, probably the most busy intersection of the city, the center of it. Um, I almost don't see how you can't give the kid the C for, for the team. I mean, he's going to be the leader in the future.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, there's other guys there who can... Our are, are leaders too, and, sure. and can shoulder some of that. But I don't, I don't, I don't think there's p- any point in making someone else the captain and then taking you know, it away, it in a year, year or two. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. might as well if you kind, of, uh, you kind of, you kind of, kind of give them the keys. Um, I mean, you, given your profession, you must appreciate his speed.
3: <laughs> yeah, I do, man. And and if I'm playing like NHL 16 or 17, I also appreciate the speed there because you can just run circles around people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you're, are you able to follow the Oilers pretty close? I
3: do. Yeah, I definitely try to, and I guess kind of. That's I, I would say it's probably easier for me to follow the Oilers than it is to follow maybe like the Eskimos because in the summer is just so busy for me when I'm when I'm out of town racing, I'm back and forth. So you catch a game here and there with the Eskimos, but it's easier to follow um, the Oilers, obviously. And 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 naturally, I'm, I've just been a bigger hockey fan than a football fan growing up. Um, so yeah, I follow the Oilers pretty closely. So I'm. I'm Cautiously excited for the season as well, sure, I have you know, been forever. That's but... and that's how, that's how I've been approaching every yeah, season I mean, too. I was born in nineteen ninety three. Life hasn't been pretty good for Oilers fans if you were born when I was. Like we had one run in 06
1: Yeah, and, and that I was never... even as an underdog. I mean, they've never yeah. gone into a series favored really. That's like
3: my only memory. That and like Tommy Sallow being amazing in like the early two thousands. That was like my. Like glorious moments as an Euler fan. Well, see you're
1: you're of an interesting age because you're you're old enough. I mean, 13 would have been the perfect age kind of to yeah. enjoy that that 6, I mean, I was talking yesterday how I was 13 in 1987 for okay. the Canada Cup. Yeah. which would be pretty much foreign to you. But, yeah. you know, the Canada, Soviet Union, not Russia, the yep. Soviet Union. You got the big goal. And, and so you were at that perfect age to kind of enjoy it and not being too much worried about contracts or or anything like that. So uh, did you, does it bug you when uh, people bring up the 80s? It doesn't bug me, but it's like, okay, well, it's, ti- it's time.
3: Like, we... Yeah, look, look, not not that we're over it. It's obviously a part of like a glorious history for the Oilers. Um, Got to appreciate it. But now, like, it's changed, and you know, I I want to see some success for our team
1: when I live. <laughs> well, yes. Well, I don't I don't I don't blame you. I think a lot of I think even people who uh, were Went Oilers fans that, in the '80s yeah. are ready to see uh, yeah, exactly. a, a little okay. bit more success, or, or at least a, a at least a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, you're you're obviously watching everything throughout the summer. I mean, Shirelli clearly. Tucks bold of risks. moves, yeah, yeah, but he, yeah. He actually did make uh, bold moves. Were, were you comfortable with some of the things that happened? Um, I was a
3: little bit disappointed, probably like losing Hall. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, obviously they had the plan, and the next day they, they signed uh, was it Lucic? The next yeah, day it was a couple days, like, later, or yeah. was two days later. It was days later. So obviously he felt like that was going to be the right fit for the team and the direction they were going. And hopefully down the line it, it does work out. I mean, at this point. I mean it's out of our hands completely we just have to hope that the team meshes and that uh you know the guys get behind each other and that they can really put together a good season that's uh, something we've been dying for forever
1: yeah, if, if, you're right. Ultimately, as a fan, you're kind <laughs> of helpless, as we all know, but you're just hoping that uh, things get better. Uh, so do you, are, do you do you have any plans to go to a game at Roger's Place? Have you tried to score some tickets already? Or what's I gonna... haven't tried to score any, but I definitely want to. I definitely want to be there.
3: Uh, I know a few friends have some season seats, so I'll probably be bugging them at some point, oh, good. being like, all right, I've, I've got to catch a game. Um, I don't know which one I'd, I'd want to catch yet, but maybe in this season. We'll see where teams are going and which teams are exciting to watch.
1: Well, it's an interesting start because Calgary's here in the opener, which, yeah. A, it's the opener of the new building, and then yeah. plus it's 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 Calgary. Five, points, are... five
3: points for McDavid that night, yeah.
1: guaranteed. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, then they play at Calgary, and then they host Buffalo, and then you know then it's Michael McDavid. When Buffalo came last season, they didn't go head-to-head. They only went head-to-head in the game in Buffalo. Yeah. They're teammates temporarily yeah. for the World Cup. Are, are you... Uh, uh, this World Cup of hockey, I mean most of the people who text me are like i don 't understand they 'll probably watch it once it's on. Yeah. are you on board with this team north america and and the format or are you kind of um, like we have the Olympics, so why do we have this?
3: yeah I guess I'm like that with those events where it's like, well, I don't seem to really care that much and then it's happening and I'm like, I'm all in. So, right. so it's like, Olympics was like that. They kind of snuck up on me it was like, yeah, I heard about them, heard about them and then it's on and it was like, I was so sad when it was over. I was just devastated. Like, what am I going to do at night now? Like, this was the best TV. <laughs> uh, and maybe the World Cup of Hockey will do that. I don't know. I mean, I definitely, um, it's being promoted a lot. I don't know whether it's going to live up to the hype. I feel like Maybe we are we we probably get enough hockey here to be fair, so maybe it won't <laughs> have that Olympic effect on me. But obviously, uh actually I, I hope the I hope the team North America wins. I'm gonna go for the young guys. I
1: was talking about that earlier. Yeah. I think and again here in Edmonton there's there are no oilers on Team Canada. Yeah. And 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 Nugent Hopkins too are on Team North America. Yeah. So I think it seems to me a lot of Edmontonians or others fans are saying, Well why don't I just cheer for the, the guys, guys I cheer for during the season. Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um
3: I almost can't really fathom them going. I mean, I, obviously it's competitive and your competitors, but it's kind of crazy that this is like supposed to be a really big tournament. You know, they're trying to make it mean a lot, and it's right before the regular season starts. <laughs> it's like if I was an owner or part of the teams, I'd be like a little bit
1: uncomfortable probably with the whole idea of well, it. But I guess it's, I guess it works for them. David Staples from the Journal did that poll where. Uh, the number one thing fans wanted out of the World Cup was the players, players from the team not to get here. Yeah. It is, it it's is like, kind of interesting. And right?
3: So we'll see how that actually unfolds. Hopefully it'll be fine and it'll be an entertaining tournament. But, uh, yeah, we'll see
1: race car driver Stefan Radzinski joining us inside sports on 630 Chet so you're sacrificing a uh, fantasy football draft to be yeah. on inside sports yeah, tonight. on short notice I just called you this afternoon yeah I've got my
3: buddy uh, Scott drafted my team for me for the first few rounds before I go and join them so uh, hopefully was oh, this
1: where one where you all meet up in a, in a common location um, we, it's online but we do
3: try and meet up so this one I think we're all meeting at a guy's place so they're, they're probably I don't know <laughs> if they're listening right now but I, hopefully they're not sabotaging my team which is, could be very <laughs> yeah. likely you're going to um, have warm Aaron
1: Moon as your quarterback. <laughs> yeah. They'll draft Peyton. They'll draft Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, what he's still in the system, Steph. We just drafted him yeah. for you.
3: Brett Favre as a backup.
1: <laughs> do you limit the amount of fantasy sports that you do? Because I mean, some guy, I, I've I've limited myself to a couple NFL. Pools. I do. I, I think I, I do. just don't want to lose that much money. I, I do. <laughs> this is the first time I've done two NFL
3: ones, um, and I usually do one or two NHL ones. And I do Formula One just because there's a pool I've been a part of for a long time that I do, but. I used to be in baseball, and I had to drop out of that because it just was too much time. I can't, I can't study that much, <laughs> and I'm competitive, so I hate losing. So I'd rather just not do it if I have no chance of winning.
1: How how does the Formula One pool work? You just get the points the drivers get, or uh, what? no? And in the one I'm
3: in, it's uh, it's kind of a, uh, it's different. You pick first, you pick pole position, the finishing order of the podium randomly we have kind of some wild cards we have 15th place finisher cuz that's usually really unpredictable right um, or more unpredictable so you
1: pick it, guys for each race for, for
3: each race yeah oh, okay. so it kind of uh, is over 20 20 21 races so i'm usually pretty good at that i'm i'm in the I think I'm in the top 3 of like 20 or 25 guys oh, nice. this year oh. so hopefully i can i can win that one
1: Okay, good stuff. Uh, we're running out of time here, man. Uh, we'll have to do this again. Uh, you got a website, Twitter handle. How can people read more about you? Yeah,
3: um, the easiest way is probably follow me on Twitter at RZAD Racing. Uh I kind of pose about a bunch of random stuff. Obviously, I work, uh, I go racing on, in throughout the summer, but I also work at a software company in town called Frontech. So, kind of moonlight as a cool racing guy, but I also do <laughs> regular guy stuff here in Edmonton as well, which is a, g- a good balance for me, actually.
1: Right on. Stefan Radzinski in studio. Again, you're uh, third in the Nissan Micro Cup season uh you finished third last year It's september twenty fifth final week in a race final is it let me, is if is it possible for you to win the season title or is that honestly i haven't looked at the points i don't think so I think it's a
3: battle between the two guys okay we had a bit of a uh, bad luck this year which didn't really didn't really pan out for me in the in the title fight but we're going into the last rounds and I know i've got nothing to lose so it's gonna be i'm gonna be very aggressive honestly for the final two rounds and uh, hopefully I can uh, use that to my advantage and, and get a few more wins because I love Mont-Tremblant. Won there before, and uh, definitely I'm going to be aiming to get two more wins to end the season. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much,
1: Reid. Stefan Rudzinski checking in. Good to have uh, an update on how his racing career is going. Also tonight, you heard from Jack Michaels. City Councillor Brian Anderson was in studio. Dave Campbell with an Eskimos update. Michael Tracos talking about Team North America. Sheldon Alexen, Executive Director of Sports Central. Great job they did getting all that uh, equipment. Half a million dollars worth of sports equipment up to Fort McMurray. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630CHED.com. All right, the studio producer this evening, Matthew Panashik, the producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The Blue Jays lose two nothing to the Yankees. The Red Sox lead the Padres 5-2 in the 6th. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure. Talk to you tomorrow night.
0: 6:30
1: Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6:30 Chad.